Back to the start, back to the start. Life was so much better than I'm never coming back again. Back to the start, grab me guitar. Back to how I used to be, I'm coming back to rescue you and me. Okay, I ain't singing no more for you. I'm proper pissed off with you now. Proper pissed off. You had the gorgeous Bruce Thomas in your studio. And where was I? I wasn't around, was I? No. I was up north, wasn't I? Out of London, wasn't I? Checking on me pigs, wasn't I? And I got to miss him. And you know I love the Bruce Thomas. You know I love him. He's got that beautiful flax in here. He's so gorgeous. You couldn't have rearranged it, made sure I was here. And he had that other musician with him. It was that, the Spencer Spencer. I saw him on the interweb. And he looked gorgeous and scrumptious too. And I didn't get to meet him neither. And he's sexy, isn't he? He's sexy just like the Bruce Thomases. Knows a couple of gorgeous sexy sexinesses. <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. With me in the studio, Marsha McDonald. Yeah, peeps, what up? And Sylvia Shoshana Silversmith. Shoshana? Dookie, I can't even say Shoshana. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish that really was my, my middle name. What is your middle name? Yes. Annabelle. <laughs> I wish it was Annabelle. I it- wish it was Annabelle. That's a very pretty name. Elizabeth. Dookie! You must have seen it somewhere before. No. You must have seen it on, like, some some mail that I've had or something. Because I never use my middle name. Does anybody use their middle name? A number of people. James Paul McCartney does. Paul is his middle name. Nobody knows Paul McCartney as James Paul McCartney except you, Dookie, because you have that brain of yours. And John Michael Stipe. Yes, same same goes. Same goes, Dookie. Mm. And Erasmus <laughs> Spencer Brown. I don't even know who Spencer Brown is. He's one of the guests on this Dookie Radio oh, show. Oh, I'm sorry. Spencer Brown, I didn't know his last name. Right. I didn't know his last name. Right. Because I wasn't here. Much like the very, very angry Irene, I was away as well. So I wasn't able to kind of nip around to the Dookie Radio show studio to meet, to see these lovely people. How dare you? I'm, I've met Bruce before and he is lovely. Absolutely. He lovely is a man. Very lovely. A lovely, lovely he, man. He, he and is he is now a record holder for the most number of appearances on the Dookie radio show. Did you give him some sort of like a award or something? I because gave, you should. I gave him a hug. That's an award. Well, I don't know, but is it like a certificate like the Guinness Book of World Records doesn't come around giving people like, oh, you just walked a tightrope across, you know, Sydney Harbour. Here we're gonna give you a hug. I, I tend to agree with Syl on this one, Dookie. I mean, a hug. I mean, come on. So now I'm going to feel guilty. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should. And uh, Spencer, 
Yes. I, I agree with Irene as well. He does look very scrumptious. Erasmus Spencer Brown. Is that it's, really his first name? It is now. It is now. He looks very scrumptious. I like their music muchly. Their album is absolutely phenomenal. I it mean, is Irene, really, really, really good. Irene possibly wasn't doing it justice, but I have heard the actual song and it is very, very good. So, so they're both talented and scrumptious. Yes, it's the ideal combination. It's very ideal. So lots of scrumptiousness in the Dookie Radio Show studio with yourself and Molly the Sparley, of course. So, Dookie, uh, I hear through the grapevine uh, mm. that you had a little flutter on the GGs with uh, Bruce and Spencer. Correct. Never had you down for a gambling man. I'm not. I like Kenny Rogers, don't get me wrong. Oh, I used to love that song. I had that song on cassette. I used to play that. I played the shit out of that cassette. Mm. To where you had to get out the pencil to rewind the tape back in. Remember right. when you used to have to perform surgery on your cassette? <laughs> because the tape would start going all... Anyway. Well, it would get fluttery. It, and yes. and we had a flutter. So, <gasps> what is with that word anyway? I hate that word. It had a flutter mm. on the GGs. Yes. Um, where does that come from? I, I'm not sure about the derivation of it. I don't even know where I got that from. I think I read it in like a really old book somewhere. You had a flutter on the GGs. Mm. Was it actually the horses? Yes. Not the dogs? No. I bet you don't gamble on dogs because it would upset you. Yes. Yeah. I like greyhounds and whippets. Um, well, I like horses as well. I love all animals. <laughs> <laughs> I so love you, everybody. You went to... We went How to... did that come about? Now, Dookie radio show preparation usually involves tea and banter. Yeah. And, you know, occasionally, you know, some bickies, biscuits, if you will. Yeah. And this was a different kind of episode. And for, to cut to the chase, which sounds a bit gambling-like in itself. It does. Bruce Thomas and Spencer were talking about a horse, and Bruce in particular was extolling the virtues of a horse he had received a tip on, named Drumcliff. <laughs> and he had a tip. He had a tip on a horse. Yes, called Drumcliff. And we pulled together our resources. Right. We went to a local bookmakers. Right. Which all may not uh, share a name with a part of West London. I'd never been to it before. Paddy Power? No. <laughs> As though there's a part of West London called Paddy Power. Well, exactly. Power. There was the joke. Uh, indeed. Yes. Buck up. <laughs> and Bruce was a man on a mission with a great deal of control. Wow. Spencer has an amazing knowledge of the statistics involved with this whole world. Right. Well, as does the as does Bruce Thomas, and I felt as though I was in safe hands. Dookie, it's like the manliest thing you've ever done. What? <laughs> Placing a bet? Yeah, that that because to me that's really manly. Really, that's like men do that. Well, Bruce, like, yeah. Spencer, and myself yeah. were men. You're men placing a bet on a wow. horse named Drumcliffe. Dookie, the pertinent question here mm. is, you know what the pertinent question is, so go on. Yes. 
Um, is was that particular bookmakers clean? Were the nice people oh, there? Oh no, no, no. Oh no. The, oh right. Oh, the pertinent oh, question oh, is, is: Is there another question? Did you win? The dynamic of this no. particular interview you're about to hear. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Say so you didn't win. While we were recording our banter, yeah, about an hour or so after we started, right, is when the the two p.m. race was happening. I gotcha. And the thing that I like about Bruce and Spencer's attitude towards gambling is, it's not about the adrenaline of watching the event, right? You know, with all you know, ah, you know, oh, so and so's coming up, blah, 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 all that, all that sort of stuff, right? Right. They just want to earn hard cash. Okay. They, they, I think they enjoy the statistics of it. All right. So at one stage during our banter, I you know, make reference to the fact that oh. we had a horse that so we needed he. to find out about. So what you're doing here, is yes. this is a drum cliff hanger. Oh, yes. How clever am I? Oh, that's really solid. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty clever. So you got a drum cliff hanger. Yes. So we're not going to find out until you're at two o'clock in the interview. Yes. Right? Um, okay. Yeah. Although, uh, yeah. It, Although it's... I have to say your poker face is shit. Okay. <laughs> Dookie, your poker face is, 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 is not very pokery. <laughs> I, I'm no Victoria I hope you've never Cora. played poker. No. I did it once and I was really dreadful. I went to the dogs once when I lived in the United States and I went, I had a friend who was big into gambling on the dogs. And firstly, all I could do was worry about the dogs. So to the point where my friend got so fed up with me that she, she went to take me to the little pen where they, where they hang out before Mm. the race to show me that they were wearing like little rain jackets because it was, it was spritzing a little that night. So they were, had their little raincoats on. And she said, look at how well taken care of they are. So to try to allay my fears. And then I didn't have a clue what was going on. Because she was making the bets for me. And then she was saying things like, oh, you've just won $20. And I was like, did I? I have no. Did you know what was going on? Did you just give your money to Bruce and go, yeah, whatever? He gave me a breakdown in terms of what our winnings would be. Okay. And what we, you know. That's really smart because I just can't get my head around that kind Mm. of stuff. He and Spencer, Bruce and Spencer, they they know their onions. Oh, wow. They know their horses. They know their dogs. How much did you bet? That is for me to know and you to find out. Oh, okay. And uh, but it, it was a minor flutter. The a the, minor flutter. Yes. You strike me as the kind of guy who maybe shouldn't gamble. No comment. Have you ever been to Vegas? Oh, you've been to Vegas because you played in Vegas. I have. Yeah. I went. I won. I left. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Did I, you? I, I was on How much tour. did you win? I won fifteen dollars, or it was you know like fifteen dollars seventy five. Okay, that's good. And I only put in I think two dollars in the slot. Oh, you were on the slot. Yes. Ah, okay. I went to a slot machine. I when I first won, I I left. I was in there for a total of seven minutes, and then I debated whether or not I wanted to see Tom Jones, and then realised that you yeah, know, that's fifteen pounds seventy. Yeah, Jesus. was not going to be enough. Dookie. I have a problem with gambling because I was raised as a Methodist. 
And, you know, once you're raised as a Methodist, it never leaves you. It means that you have a problem with anything that's seemingly fun. And yeah, naughty. so drinking, you know, even though I drink. And so I have a real problem with gambling, like a real problem with it. But what I do, I kind of want to be one of those people that does the big casinos. Like I've just been reading about the painter Francis Bacon. Mm. The painter, not the medieval philosopher. Um, he was a big gambler. Him and Lucian Freud. And they used to go to those big casinos in West London. He used to just carry like wads of cash on him and just bet wads of cash. And one time his biographer went with him and he just handed his biographer like a wad of cash to gamble with. And don't you want to just be like that where you're playing the blackjacks and the roulette and stuff like that? Oh, certainly. It would, I'd feel a bit like James Bond. And that was in the days before cash machines. So what he had to do was he had to go back to his studio in South Kensington mm. where he had bricks of uh, like notes, like cash. He had bricks of them. So he had to have to grab a few of these bricks to go to the casino, to lose it all, to leave, to go back to his studio, to pick up some more cash, to go back again. That's dedication to gambling. That's not having like a little ATM outside the door. You know what I mean? No. I'd like to be like that. If I was going to be a gambler, I'm going to be whole hog about it. Yeah, you're not going to do things by halves. I'm not going to do it by halves. No way. If you're going to commit the sin of gambling, I mean, go all out. Which is what we did with our little pool of money. Yeah, see, my grandfather would say that you're a sinner. I mean, you're not, obviously. But that's the way he would say. I am. Sinners. Sinners. Hi, I'm Spencer Brown. My favourite word is gusset. My name's Bruce um, Thomas. That's it. I knew it was there somewhere. And my favourite word is epiphany. Epiphany. Oh, nice one. So we've gone from a gusset to an epiphany. Yeah, they're not ne- necessarily mutually exclusive. Well, well I'm sure there's a link. <laughs> it can be an epiphany to be confronted with the glories of, of, of gussetry. Gussetry, yeah. if you will. Gussetry. Yeah, yeah, it can be. And I can think of many times it has been, but I'm not at liberty to discuss them here. It's Is not it? the right venue, really. And with regards to your family lineage, uh, Spencer, mm. have gussets featured in the manufacturing <laughs> of... There's been gussets. Gussets uh, have I, That's all I'm prepared to say, oh, really. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That, in my teenage years. In oh, fact, we did have a song, There Are Gussets I Remember In My Life, though yeah. some have changed, some for, but we thought... Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Some have well, taught and work. some have given. It's not going to work. It yeah. sounds familiar. <laughs> that does recall a, a, a song that I'm aware of. <laughs> really? Yes. It must be subconscious. It must be subconscious. Maybe you wrote it. And Bruce, the idea of an epiphany. Yeah. Did this epiphany happen when you... You met Spencer. It's continual. It's continual. A continual epiphany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's continually thinking, how did I end up with this joke? Well, I'm continually (laughs) epiphanizing because it's. And I'm continually gusseting. In fact, I'm gusseting right now as we sit here. The band Spinal Tap, um, which centered around. Derek St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell at its core met in a way that is quite rootsy. I think they just saw each other and thought, let's meet up. The next thing you know, they formed the originals, then the, the originals, new originals, the then the Thamesman, yeah. and then they eventually became Spinal Tap. Of course, yeah. That story Squatney. centered around Squatney. Yeah. And you know, that's where it was, you know, location, mm-hmm. possibly a bus stop, and then they yeah. met up. Yeah. You met in a way which is very modern and 
detach from that. Yeah, quite. We did. We um, met in cyberspace. You met yeah. in the cyber world. <laughs> yeah, we did. But was it the Squatney corner of cyberspace? I think or it was. Equivalent? I think it was. There was a fish and chip shop there. And yeah. um, we were just out getting our um, rocker chip for the yeah. Friday night, I think, wasn't well, it? Well, we were both on the same site there ordering our... Yeah, yeah microchips, actually. Yeah. They were <laughs> microchips. very small. But, yeah, no, we, we met in... We were floating in cyberspace looking for a home, you know. And, right. And... Um, the, the the truth is, as you will see on the album, folks, um, there's a write-up there that Bruce put together as a sort of a condensed version of the, the conversation that we had. And uh, He sent me one of his songs. I sent songs. a song initially. Right. It and all said, starts with a song. He sent me a song. He was, yeah, we got fr- we friended on Facebook. He yeah. sent me a song. What do you think of this? And I said, oh, well, actually... It's, it's not terrible. bad. Yeah, quite nice. It it's not bad yeah. at all. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, it sounds a bit like you could do this, you could do that. Oh, all right, then, yeah. So mm. I went off, so I did I do thought, that. So I thought, it sounds that. like that's quite good guitar playing. That's not bad singing, you know, and um, all the rest of it. And then then it, it came back a, a little while later with, oh, what do you think of this one? Well, that's not bad either. You know, how many have you got? He said, well, three or four. Three I said, well, there's yeah. an EP there. And, yeah. then it, and then it became, um, then one of the songs was called Back to the Start. And mm. then there I was a kind of... on the way up here today, funny enough, <laughs> on my phone, believe it or not. Right. And it's me somewhere going... And, and saying, that's how it's going to go, something like that. And then the next one is back to the start. Back to the start. Back to the start. Life was so much better coming back again. That's all I had. And then. I worked it up from there, but I was surprised to find yeah, it on the phone. And I used to get them in kind of advanced demo form, yeah, I guess, didn't yeah. I? But then I could see. I don't think Spencer had ever pushed things to the next, you know, no, level in, in terms of arrangement and instrumentation and everything. Mm. So I would say it needs this, it needs that. It, it wants to sound like so and so. Chop that bit out. Add, mm. do this at the end. Go, you know. <laughs> To get rid of the third chorus. It needs an intro. It needs put, and then it, it come back with other stuff on. So it yeah. was all being back and stuff would be den- sent back and forth by email. And then eventually, as as well as actually a theme beginning to emerge here. In fact, back to the start could be the, you know, if people ever made albums anymore, which they don't, <laughs> mm, uh, yeah. or concept albums <clears throat> or albums. With, Records with a theme. This mm. would actually be a good opening track because everything follows thematically from that and comes round full circle. Because there's a kind of narrative arc about going back to the. I'll get this bit over with now. About going, <laughs> you know, going back to when records were good, yeah. and then, but then not getting stuck in nostalgia about coming back into the present and and and. So the record really should bring you. Uh, you know, out of that hankering for, for the past and, and and getting on with things, mm. really. It was quite strange too, because in a lot of ways, I mean, the the, the stuff that I'd done in the past, and obviously not being a, a spring chicken, I've been at it for some time with various de- what was that uh, degrees of failure, you know, and 
really one of the things Bruce said was was true in as much that I may have fleshed things out at home with you know in demos I'd put drums on I'd put a bit of bass or keyboards or whatever but you it brought home to me doing this album how much you need a producer and an arranger you need somebody to say yeah you know what that second verse is a bit weak or they spot something that you've you know there was something you were saying about you know notice your vocals don't warm up until like the second Mm. verse or something so it was a case of yeah actually it's true i need to get the same amount of push or whatever Mm. that i've got little things like that and bit by bit the the I hate to say concept, but there was a, an over overarching sort of story that seemed to be emerging. And every song, because I was writing on the fly with a lot of stuff, and it's quite weird because in one respect, it seems as though it's quite nostalgic. It's talking about somebody's life as a musician. The irony is it's not all autobiographical. Quite a bit of it is just a, a story that was emerging as we went along and as we were getting more sort of conscious about the fact that this actually has got a bit of a, a narrative to it that we could kind of employ this and, mm. and and fit the songs around this this story and you know what as we were just saying I mean the basic idea is that you're not so much going for nostalgia for the sake of it you're actually talking about trying to find something that was in the past that you enjoyed about music and dragging it into the, the present well, day just, and making that the, the key to it. It's not wallowing in nostalgia. It was to try and uh, utilise the sort of sounds that you liked, the kind of approach to making music, the, the single-length songs and that kind of thing, mm. and, and bring that into a, a you know, current time, and now, if you like. Yeah, well, that's... Uh there's a cover version at the end of the song, which is there's, there's a place, but mm. that's the completion of the arc. It's there's a place and in my mind yeah. and there's no time. So the back to the start is not back to the past. It's back to, the, back to the origin. Yeah. It's like a, that's almost like a meditation. Mm. So, so you'd, it's an old song. It's an old, old Beatles song, one of the oldest, and, but it's saying in my mind there's no time. Mm. There's a place back to the start. It's it's actually the place is now an eternal now the internal yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. that's it's really you, yes. You meeting your earlier selves and earlier influences Whatever, in a yeah. way. But in I way, mean, yeah. you you go in when you go inside. Mm. Well, if you go inside, you know, meditate. You all sorts of past events get raked up, or speculations about the future, and there's mm. something present to it. That's what we were kind of saying. There's a there's a pivotal song on 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 the album about you know embrace uh, the past. It doesn't make any sense. Embrace the day, and and yeah. and so it's t- the flow of time and and um, reconciling the past and the present is very much a theme. In fact, I got I got Spencer to rewrite one of the songs, mm-hmm. which was is now called Get Up, and 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 it's, and you'll see, get up and you know you're already in it. Yeah. It's not about going back. It's about the fact that you're already in it. Yeah. You know, you want to be a success, you already are. You want to... I took a kind yeah. of a little bit of artistic licence with that, of using, in the rewrite, it's of a, using a, a drive-my-car kind of template, the idea of somebody who'd um, supposedly made it into some form of stardom or celebrity mm. that I, or this fictitious character, let's say, supposedly knew from their past and was looking for guidance from, show me how you did it, how do you do it? And her, as it happens, advice in the song is to say, you've already got it within you. 
You've just got to get up and do it, get up and be it, and believe that you're it, and it will happen for you. And that I really strongly but believe as well. The, the original song was called Shut, Shut up. up. Shut Up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so and it was, exact, it was the exact one. It was like, get out of the, you know. Yeah. Get, it was a nasty, yeah. spiteful little it song, was quite, It was quite, yeah. And I said, this isn't going to work, yeah. you know. Uh, I said you need to you need to have another look at yeah, this, and I was yeah. so I was you know I'm always banging on about <laughs> this neuroplasticity stuff, and you know the, which we explored the, in a big way the, during the Bruce our, we, our last we did with the Bruce Lee yeah. book, so we won't mm. go into that again. But but uh, you know positive thinking for want of a better yeah. want of a better word, but it's um so yeah so our, our um, character in the the story, if you like, um, Bruce was talking about one of the songs just now, which is called Warehouse. Yeah, it's called Warehouse. And uh, in that, the, the idea is that you're basically going through a, a file of memories or a, a warehouse full of memories. and An inventory. An inventory, yes. Yeah. And in that, you're basically reviewing what's, what's happened in the past. And that is the point where our narrator says, I need to put this past away. And in fact, even in the middle eight, it's, it's literally itemising everything, you know, old Christmas cards, old photographs, all this sort of thing, how we were. And now it makes no sense. It's, there's no point in continually raking over this stuff. I know where it is. I know where to access it mm. when I want it. I need to move on from this. And, you know, our hero, as it were, closes the door on the, the warehouse of memories and says, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. And it's, it's not a coincidence that from there on in, he starts to, his arc continues it starts in an upward yeah, way. Yeah, it goes in a different direction yeah. then, yeah. It comes, a, you're on the bottom of the circle and yeah. they're on the return exactly, loop, yeah. as it were. Yeah. So it's in, so it's back to the start, is back to the past. Remember when you were young and skinny and all those lyrics at yeah. the beginning, but mm. then it's like, there's a place where I can go in my mind that's mm. now. So... In fact, it's a very long version of that McCartney song that says, "Can you take me back where I came from?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which no, is right, which is pre where you, when you were born, and you know pre child, and, and you know pre incarnation, if you like. And the way that the album's been sequenced is that the first sort of third, if you like, is is to do with remember when, remember when you did this, remember when you did that. And then there's kind of the middle section is all the, the life experiences, the trying to make it in music, the gigs, the the noisy neighbours even, everything, all the modern sort of stuff going on. And then he comes to a stop and says, that's it's it. It's a regroup, it. a regroup, it's isn't regroup it? here. Yeah. And then he, well, <laughs> does he or doesn't he in uh, No Business after the track after Warehouse? He appears to have an eleventh hour kind of um, epiphany. He has this kind of career that good word that yeah, I like that. An epiphany. It. I've heard that word no, before. No, yeah, he, he has an eleventh hour uh, epiphany and a twelfth hour gusset. I think mm. yes, yes, it's and, um, well, it's the, it's yeah. the best hour to have a gusset <laughs> if you're going to have one. The midnight know. hour. The midnight gusset. The midnight gusset. Us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, from from that point, he maybe has a breakthrough in the wacky world of showbiz and he ends up in a gold lame suit taking a bow. I think it's in his mind actually, but it doesn't really matter. He's already seen it and then he starts to be it. Well, there's bits, yeah, there's bits of, um, I guess, not fantasy, but just 
It's just uh, yeah. you're allowed to drift between reality and mental, Im- you know, and imagery and stuff, aren't you? Certainly, in, yeah. In in art, the penultimate <laughs> track is uh, is basically modelled on the pretty things on Ready Steady Go. It's yeah. a classic English beat group, even to the point of having Kathy McGowan mm. allegedly introducing the <laughs> allegedly, in, allegedly. introducing. It just sound alike. Yeah. It, it just sounds it's, a bit it's, like yeah. A, yeah, yeah we don't and he went for a lo-fi yeah, yeah. British television style. That's yeah. it. Are great friends of mine, and they've changed their style on the next disc, and it's really great. Here are. kind of uh, extremely nostalgic, you know, because that's the, the music I cut my teeth on. I love it and everything. But it's it's still about after the guy's become a success and he's made it. And it's just like, well, it doesn't matter if you've got money or not. The point of it is to give it away anyway. Yeah. The point is to not hang on to stuff. Mm. It's like, give it away, mm. give it away, give it away. And we, which you have to do these days in yeah. the digital age, because yeah, <laughs> no, no one's going to pay you for it anyway. No, no exactly. <laughs> you are giving it away. Literally. You are giving it away. Yeah. But that does—that's the whole point. It doesn't stop you wanting to do it. Mm. You know, there's still the best fun you can have on four legs is making a record. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Well, sometimes even on one leg, if you explore yeah, suppositions yeah. Yeah. with or without a gusset. Yeah. yeah, and that would make it That would make That'd a difference. That would be a hour. challenge, yeah. 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 It's, it's, <laughs> you've gone in for act number two. <laughs> yeah. In terms of concept albums, the first band that came to mind was Pink Floyd, who have a very okay. different take um, on the, the rock star. It's mm. a very bitter cold and dark world in which mm. people have medical issues and yeah. but it know. was never meant to be a concept album no. it was just that the song i just recognized the theme 
a thematic kind of approach mm. to an, and then and then all we had to do was change one lyric to make it fit a kind of yeah. narrative arc really so it was sub, sub i don't know if it was a subconscious process or what but but it all then kind of hangs together thematically well i think from the and, moment that bruce said back to the start could be not only the title but the the kind of guideline for the album we've got a, a bit of a an idea here how to to do this and then we started talking about like i said earlier you know the songs as they were being written i was kind of mindful that yeah, this could actually, this does fit quite nicely into the, the, the I don't want to say story, but if you like, that kind of idea. Um, we, we didn't sort of massage the, the thing into a story either. It just seemed to fall into, of its own accord, something. And then we thought, ah, now look at this. We've got this. And the sequencing began to sort of make sense of it. We were even talking at one point about maybe uh, there could be a, a West End musical. In no, this. you could. You could. It's thematic enough to yeah. to write in um, linking narrative and make an actual musical play or whatever musical. Mm. You know, it's got a Mamma Mia potential. To, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And also, so, and, and, of and the you songs, could actually, yeah. you could have a, you could have a female protagonist or a male anything. Yeah. It could yeah. be set in any era. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely got that potential, though. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was never written as a, as a concept, but thematically it was. In fact, one song was written to order, wasn't it? Yeah. Little is a lot. The, is the, a lot the, the, rock, the rock, the pretty things, you know, the rock. Ready, yes. The Ready, yeah. Steady, Go one was... Yeah. was um, written to we, order. We, there was one song that just didn't fit. Yeah. And I said, we can't. No, let's leave that one off. What yeah. else? Have you got yeah, anything? Have, you, have yeah. you got anything else in your, you know, in in the back catalogue no. in the archives? <laughs> well, you, so you sent me a couple, <laughs> and I said, no, you haven't. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the title? Yes. What was the title of the track that didn't make it? I think hot, it, it was called Hot, hot One. Hot One. Hot one. And like then a, he sent me one called. With a gusset. He sent with me, a gusset. He sent with me gusset. one called "Hole in the Heart" or "Hole, hole in the heart. Head." Yeah, yeah, uh, which was better. very uh, sort of um, scarish, Scar wasn't thing, it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then and then so another one care. called uh, yeah, a very sort of um, an impossible song that basically a very survives sort of, without uh, a hook. So yeah, yeah, it didn't awesome. quite. So um, all, I old, think, please, all old songs. Do not speak ill of the dead. Yes, no. So <laughs> yeah, well, you said it. I mean, it was a bit like all the other songs. He'd send me songs, and I'd say, yeah, just once more for pitchy motion and tuning and yeah, yeah, and we go through timing, and, so. and 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 we've got it. Yeah, yeah. It had to have something <laughs> as a song to to begin with, though. Yeah, if it didn't pass, it was the, the... it was instant. It was pretty. You wrote you wrote it in an hour, and I, yeah. you know, and yeah. I came and. You, played on it all. Stuff, yeah, played on yeah. them all. And from a logistical point of view, how did this all come together once you'd met in the virtual corner of Squatley? <laughs> when, what was the timeline between realising that there was a synergy there and when you first actually met and collaborated together? Six, six months. About six six months. months. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah, the songs went backwards and forth. I mean, uh, I pulled out a few quotes from the conversation to put on the album sleeve but mm. i mean it just you could you know it'd be a large book and uh mm. wouldn't all yeah. be about music either no. <laughs> you know there's a lot of a we lot go of we tend to go off on a lot of tangents yeah. you know yeah, there's a but, lot of um, funny stuff too there's a lot of <laughs> funny know, stuff and a lot of libelous stuff and yeah of, yeah, yeah. I, had, um, I had been fits many times you know um <laughs> 
Uh, libelous? Are we are we returning to the gusset once said, again? No, he says, are you, he said, yeah. you'll never you'll never guess what he's asked me to do now. He says to <laughs> he says to he's he said put a theremin on it. Yeah, put yeah. a bloody theremin on it. <laughs> well, you'll never guess. What he does. And he does and he goes. Yeah. You see, Spencer's come up with the two best words that you could ever come up with, if you're me, and that's you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also no charge is another one yeah. No charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that that worked well i must admit yeah but you're right I, I, you're it's right a, an annoying he habit said, he has no, of he, being right that's, said, that's the other thing you see that i'd go off and think we got to we got Therame. to about three albums Therame? you know we got to about three songs yeah. and and especially say if you pass in my you know the yeah. end of our road you fancy coming part. and stick stick bass on them and I said, well Oh, all right then, but we might as well just get ten songs yeah. and I'll we'll do that, it. You know, that and that's that, but that, that's when I said I'd basically play on the stuff. Yeah, right. And then that's when I started, um, arra- you know, arranging things. You know, yeah. really putting Properly, putting really in, it. you know ma- maximum input as it were. The other thing was and him, that and him listening as well. Yeah. You know? The other thing was that at that point when we first started talking about this sort of you know, and I was kind of edging my way to you know, if you happen to be like going miles out of your way to Hemel Hempstead from where you mm. live, you know, by any chance. Um, at that point, Bruce said, "Well, are you talking about? Are you looking to make an EP or an album?" And I was like, nah, definitely an album. Upgrade. Upgrade, you know, and seize mm. the day and all that. I thought, yeah, this is this is a big chance, you know. Um, because Bruce had been a, a favourite player of mine for, for many moons and, you know. He's I got just, some potential as a bass player. There, we were saying off definitely pod, potential I think there. he needs to stick at it. I've yeah. sensed good things. Yeah, I think you, you've got Bruce, a Bruce, I mean, take stock bass. of that. Yeah. I, I, I think oh, you're oh. all right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you see? See how it works? <laughs> But yeah, I've just um, had an epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we started and eventually we we arranged a date. We had a few false starts that Bruce could come down. Um, well, did we, you have a diva moment? Or well, two? There were, no, there, no, were, there was all sorts of tube strike. Your your <laughs> Mrs. Hospital appointments came into it at one oh, point, and all sorts yeah, of things. Real life yeah. gets in the yeah, way. Yeah, real life well, gets in the way life. of yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, at this, uh, you know when. I have to say, it reciprocal, reciprocally, mm. that um, I mean, I get lots of stuff sent to me by Facebook friends and people. You know, songs that they want remixed, arranged, play on this. What do you think of that? And everything. It was the first time in many, many moons I've actually thought I could work with this. Mm. You know, these songs are okay. He sings, right? You can play, you can sing. His songs are, are good. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's. Uh, okay, I'll commit to this. You know, rather right, than right just me, just yeah, say absolutely. you know, just send stuff to say mm. do this, do that. You know, keep me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, this this it's been a long kind of um, fairly schizophrenic career for me, really, because uh, when I when I started out, like everybody does, it was kind of school bands and. It's been a double schizophrenia, a quadrophenia here because I was in, on one stage I was in all the school bands and then we went off on a tour of Germany and Holland and all this after we left school. Same band, we just kind of uprooted and answered an ad and went abroad. But whilst all that was going on and there was also the, the 
curse of the day job was always upon me as well. I never quite completely sort of escaped that. Um, I was always more into the recording and writing than just going out gigging all the time. Mm. Everybody that I knew was like, I'm just a rhythm guitarist, I'm just a lead player, I'm just a drummer. And I didn't really want to do that. I was always more intrigued by the recording process, intrigued by writing. One of the big things for me, there were two actually, one was reading about how the Beatles did their, what they called their layer cake style. And I'd already thought, well, what's to prevent one guy doing all this and putting everything together himself? And then McCartney's first album came out, and he'd done just that with a four-track uh, Studer, whatever you pronounce it, machine mm. reel to reel. Studer, yeah. No mixing desk. For some reason, he just went and did it all straight into the machine. And I thought, okay, so it could be done. You could be a, a kind of one-man band here, you know. And uh, I, I spent many years doing that in, you know, with substandard equipment horrible one one on one reel to reel things that you could buy dirt cheap where you literally just go over the, the yeah, thing that you've just done. Mixing. Yeah, rather mm. than it being separate tracks. So I've got my, you know, a day job, I've got my gigs three or four times a week, and I've got this alter ego as, you know, the, this nerdy bloke who's who's doing all this recording at home. And none of those overlapped. They've all they were all uh compartmentalized. And apart from the fact that I kind of gave up gigging gradually over the, the course of time, just kind of didn't really, there wasn't that much work around really. Mm. Not in the, that whole kind of, you know, middle strata of bands has, has kind of vanished over time where you used to get your Friday night club gigs, your Saturday night pubs and all that sort of stuff. People now don't really seem to want it. They, they, they'll have music or maybe a karaoke or a trib band or something a like DJ. that. A DJ. A DJ band. Damn them. But, you know, that, that kind of went. So it just came down to I'd do this to make money, to keep the family going, and I'd do this out of just the pure love. And, you know, there were a couple of near misses with songs that were recorded by, you know, we had like one by Bonnie Tyler and another one by Sam Brown and... And singers and bands you would have never two heard of. Two absolute belters. Two belters, but again, singers. you know, yeah, not much happened. One got released on an obscure German album. The other one, I don't think, even saw the light of day. It was a kind of, you know, I was the nearly man for, for many, many years. Mm. And when Bruce sort of came along or I approached Bruce with all the songs, I sort of just, you know, it was like an advanced hobby with, you know, major passion behind it. But I had no thought. like me, of, really. <laughs> <laughs> I had no real thoughts of like, this isn't ever going to, you know, get somewhere. I'm, I'm years of age now. And, you know, what's the, what are the chances that it's ever going to be anything? But this really has given me a whole new sort of outlook, a whole lease on life, you know. Apart from the fact of, of the music itself, as me and Bruce is a, a massive influential person on me. In, in my way of thinking with sort of personal life as well and he's um, right always right. and right. always that's right as right. well that's yeah. the main yeah. thing you know it's just it was uncanny yeah, though uncanny. how the, what what going back to that what you think of <laughs> as the most sort of crazy idea like I mean, there was one there's a song on there the, the second track in it's not you it was the last but one song to be written i think it was fair, uh yeah it was near it, yeah it was, it was near the end it? you yeah. you you wrote it yeah yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah that's probably the 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 one that sounds most autobiographical and 
probably isn't oddly enough. I didn't want to be just friends I knew too well the way the story always ends We walked along the promenade It wasn't hard to see the way that we could be So we pretend Now when I concentrate on you I marinate the day in orange, beige and blue You're not the girl you used to be You never were, now I can see It's just the blur, the 70s And I But in the middle of it, there's a whole section about taking my sons to London, like where we are to now, see, yeah. yes, to see try the and, A&R and get a deal, yeah. yeah, to try and get a deal, which I did hundreds yeah. and hundreds mm. of times, and him saying, we'll get back to you, you know. Manchester Square. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Done office. all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm that old that I even tried um, Savile Row, the Beatles, uh, Apple. Mm. Oh, I, my word. I, I took you a genuinely real... do not... Do not look old enough to no, have had but it as a possibility. <laughs> I took a reel-to-reel. Well, I've been fairness, I was 14, and I took a reel-to-reel tape of my stuff up there. And this very disinterested secretary said, I'll get it to one of them, you know. Right. Like, uh-huh. Got bad and, finger upstairs. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. I mean, <laughs> James I, Taylor. How about this? Yeah. I ended up working with the bassist of, of uh, Bad Finger, who was... Um, uh, uh, an engi- uh, uh, telecommunications support and phone engineer. And that's where he went after after uh, Badfinger. He got thrown out of the band, basically, for having the temerity to have a baby with him and his missus. God where, forbid. I know. When they were put into... Um, they were bought a house, basically, by the Beatles, by Apple, in Golders Green, and mm. the whole band moved in. And basically, they kicked poor old Ron Griffiths out. Lovely bloke as well. Um because the baby was crying all night, and it's like we're all young. And you, you were know. talking about that second track. You've I was gone talking about that. that. See, you I go, am that he old. goes off. I am that old. <laughs> he goes yeah. off. So anyway, yeah. The point of that was that in the middle there, the bit about going to London to see the A and R man, all this stuff. Bruce said, "Oh, you, you're on the train there. Let's have a train noise in. Let's have the old beep beep. You know, mm-hmm. down to London on the train." sounded amazing it was like and it was there's even a bit of prattful drumming afterwards a kind of thing to ah, underline well, what, it what, you know? what, when he did the original record you see yeah. he had a, a drum a drum fill a drum at the fill. beginning of the verse yeah. where the bass comes in and i delayed the bass entry because i thought it was would 
be better coming in with the vocals <laughs> right, rather yeah, than yeah. the instrumental. So I left two bars, yeah. then came in, but he left the drum filling. Yeah. So it says that the middle eight goes, I played my songs to someone who said we will get back to you. Said we will get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you old know, school as comedy. In other words, yeah. three so long. A Katish joke. So there's a, it's a sort yeah. of... A, Happy accident. <laughs> yeah, but it was it but, was that um, sort of thing. And so things like that happen. Yeah, yeah when you when you're on a, a good roll. And so many so. times there'd be things like that with like you know theremins where you think really would that work in there? I don't know. And you try it in the back. But of the the, the going, train wow. the train whistle works because the sound of the train whistle. It's exactly the same as the Mellotron flutes. Yeah. So it sounds like the train whistle's going poop, poop, and then the Mellotron flute, the train's playing the tune for yeah. the rest of the middle eight. Very strange. So it's all kind of... Uh, we had a lot all of... Ties it, you together. don't sit down and work it out. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Mm. It's just, oh, listen to that. Listen to what that's done. There you was know? a lot. There was a real <laughs> sense that the album was writing itself. So I think that's what. I, yeah, I think that's what happens when you're on a on the front foot. Yeah. Is the things does itself, doesn't it? As yeah. they say, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think you know, serendipity reaches down for you and says, "Right here, I've got this too." You know. Yeah. You were talking about happy accidents, and yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I know that Spencer went off on a tangent, yeah. but an example of. Another happy accident hmm. is where Mr. Griffiths, the bass player, yeah. he was chucked out of the Badfinger house in yeah. Golders Green. Yeah. And then when you think about what happened to Badfinger yeah. and, and the, the, yeah. the members... They, may, maybe he was better off out yeah, of yeah, yeah, It's absolutely. not so much Badfinger as bad luck. Bad luck yeah. finger. So yeah. He may have had a lucky escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's, uh, he's gone on record quite a bit as saying, though, that he had the awful uh, experience of riding his bike into BT... And having, uh, which one was it? Come and get it. The first one written mm. by McCartney for them mm. on the radio. Ouch. He was listening to it on the transistor radio as he got to work. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, this is, I'm missing out on this. But as you say, yeah, he who laughs, well, no, that doesn't sound right. I'm he missing laughs, out laughs, on being you know ripped I mean. off for all my royalties yeah. well, and indeed. spending yeah. bloody hours on the road in the yeah. airports and not getting paid for it. And, uh, yeah, being <laughs> massive, <laughs> massively ripped uh, off. Apparently. Who knows? What, what are I you don't saying? Know how, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> how would have things have, have panned out? I don't know how it panned out for them, but they, they, they certainly didn't have a... It's not a happy ending. No, no, Ron even had a final kind of last laugh as well because uh, here's a ridiculous story for you. Mm. For a little while, this is a real tangent. This is a we like tangents. On a a he's gone off show. on a tangerine again. again. It, it, it will come round. It will, everything will make sense. <laughs> oh, everything will come round eventually. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. <laughs> His narrative arc is larger than the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like his eyes are bigger than his tummy, you know. It's like my arc, my arc is bigger than the story that I've got to fit it. I think, but yeah, basically this story is. Um, I was asked by a friend of mine, did I want to slot in on a bass gig one night? Because nobody wants a guitarist. Nobody so wants to play bass. Nobody, no one ever wants no. to play bass. So no. It's like yeah, our bassist has gone walkabout. Okay, what's happened? Um, well, he's he's not all that well or something, or he's got the the hump. We had a, a row. And I ended up playing for a band called the Wright Brothers for a little while. And Never got off the ground. Never. Hey. Oh, I was going to get there. Oh, <laughs> yes, the tangent was worth just. It, it was that just one for line. that. That's that was it. That was the whole point. It's a gift. No, um, so the Wright Brothers. The Wright Brothers. Yeah. Mm. So I, I did a couple of gigs with them, and then it was 
Ron wants to come back. Wait, what? Who? Ron? Yeah, Ron Griffiths. He's our... Oh, really? Is he playing bass again? Whereupon I meet Ron properly for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, well, I'll tell you the truth. He said, we've got something that's come up. Um, I was going to leave the band, but I want to do this before I I leave them because it could be something. Believe it or not, they are the band in Four Weddings and a Funeral that play at the beginning in the... uh, Marquee. In the marquee at the first wedding reception. At the reception. At the reception. Yes. An iconic film, one of the most popular films ever made. Yeah, and Ron's very heavily featured in it. There's a slight kick to it. They found out that um, apparently... The script called for a very bad band to be found. But Hugh Grant turned out to be a really nice guy and said, this band are too good, but let's keep them anyway, to the producer. Mm. So they said, right, they're, they're fine, we'll do it. They had an amazing day there, and that was Ron's kind of last hurrah in music, because after that, he's really sort of done very much, or wanted to, you know. And in the words of the Partridge family, I think I love this band. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, there we are. They, I mean, Badfinger weren't doing anything in the in the mid nineties when that film came well, out. So most of them were sadly departed uh, yes, by then, yeah. indeed, or residing in another realm. Yes, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's nice. <clears throat> the one thing which you mentioned earlier on is the track "Get Up" was originally called "Shut Up." <laughs> Had you been in a bitter place prior to meeting? Yes, Bruce. I had, and although this was more of a personal thing against a person uh, who should be being nameless, mm. but I was just a bit hacked off with um, a certain person giving me a lot of bad advice. Let's put it that way, right. and I just sort of had enough of it. And because I didn't have the courage to say it to their face, I wrote it into the song instead. And then that person just kind of disappeared out of my life anyway. So it was all sort of just left hanging, sort of, you know, bile for no reason, Mm. basically. And that song seemed to, I don't know, I thought at the time it might have fit in a way with the character's kind of disappointment at what, what had been happening for him or not happening for him in music. But where it sits in the album now, it serves a far better purpose of saying something positive which is that you know you don't have to be here this is your decision and like mm. i said you know in the story as it were the, the character gets advice from a, a successful person about how they did it which is an awful lot of it is how you think about it and how you uh, expect it i'm an old romantic i like to like to finish on an upbeat note really yeah, i don't I don't want to finish yeah. on a anything too cynical or negative mm. because that's not really that's not really the purpose of art, even. No, exactly. You no. know, no. you can really. say you can say art oh, all art self-expression, but you just what self? Are you, you know, which self are you expressing? Yeah, your you worst self or your better self? Yeah. So we're back to the you know. Mm. <laughs> so I mean, in in a way, the transition from shut up to get up mm. reveals. A change in attitude and in direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just a change of attitude or yes. whatever, yeah. outlook, intention, yeah. change of intention. Yeah, yeah. And it all. I, I mean, I basically I just sat with the lyric and thought, what the hell am I gonna? How am I gonna change this around? And like I say, I had the 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 brainwave, if if you like, of um, drive, taking a, a drive taking my a, car in drive, reverse. Drive in my fact. car in reverse. Exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> 
and one one gear. Yeah. Mind the lamp push. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in London, you really don't need more you than can. one gear for most of the journeys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't speak for Hemel Hempstead, but much uh, the same. you might you know be able yeah. to go into second, yeah, occasionally third if yeah. it's yeah. if it's after the gusset hour. Yeah, after the gusset hour. <laughs> That's where you want to head for that if you can. sent over to Bruce and he said now you're talking that's that's what we wanted something a bit more uplifting you know how quickly would Bruce get back to you with feedback how long would he ruminate we, we were instantly we were firing on back the and light. forth yeah, in, yeah right. in, by in, then it was in, a dialogue you know. in minutes yeah yeah so I, I would send it as a file attachment as, and the, the song and just sort of say look this is what I've got or in that case I'd re literally type I'd listen to it once yeah. Go do this, do this, do this. Then yeah. ten minutes later, he'd come back with, "Yeah, right. Now the next thing." And he said, "Is it bass ready yet?" Yeah. <laughs> right. So that was your yeah. agenda. Is, that thing, was, that is, it, is it? Is it? We got yeah. to the. Are these bass ready? I said, "Nearly. Yeah. That one's bass ready now." Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I was obviously now, pushing yeah. to, you know, you know, because he was. Going, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he thought I was going to turn up. I anyway. wasn't convinced. I must admit. Yeah. But over time, I started thinking. Yeah. yeah you know, one day. One yeah, day. One day, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. And so you, in a way, you were maybe subconsciously trying to call his bluff. Um. Not so much call this bluff as just apply a little bit more sort of no, um, no. I mean when it, when it, pressure to, to, to the I have pressure. to say yeah. if I if I if I say I'm going to do it, I, I would yeah. you know I'm going to do mm. it. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't mess anyone around like that for sure. But no. um, you know, I was. But I have to know for me that when I say yes, that I'm not you know cheating myself or him. So mm. I, when I say yes, then I know I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know. Um, I didn't know quite how you know it was going to be a bigger mm. project and so on and so I thought I was going to get you know so involved because yeah. I thought well we might as well make the best of this mm. you know re- mm. this could be upped to quite a good level mm. yeah. you know we could be a proper record in fact you know which it has turned into yeah. and a brilliant yeah. record at that I oh, absolutely love it and it's retro tinged but not retrogressive yeah and it's it, it's a yeah it's um it's not a pastiche no it's a it's an affectionate nod <laughs> to classic um single length pop songs mm. and spanning many eras steal from everybody yeah, yeah. 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 Steal, steal from, from, the from you know yeah. span time in your stealing yeah yeah, yeah. and, yeah, and you gotta... you did just that yeah mm. 
and also you even stole from yourself on one track i uh, did yeah it's <laughs> true yeah a, a yeah, bass yeah. line which sounds vaguely familiar yeah now she's You that said we must have been sitting there like naughty schoolboys yes. grinning, grinning yeah, when I stuck yeah. that one in, yeah. And, and was it like that? The yeah, whole, exactly, right, exactly like was. That, yeah. yeah, I played it and I just thought that we both went, yeah, <laughs> we're in B, let's, yeah. why yeah. not? Yeah, we're in, we're in the right key, we're in the right tempo. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just let's pump it, it up for a bar. Yeah, yeah. just pump it up just yeah. for a little bit. But yeah. it's not, you know, it's a different genre of mm. music, but it fits in, you know, it, it slots in there. Yeah. And it's just that I mean, if you listen to the other the other bass line in it mm. dun, 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 is knock on wood. Have you spotted that? No. Dun, oh, I get dun, it now. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah. Yeah. And what so were it's the so there's there's quite a few yeah. quotes in you mm. know. We may or may not have uh, also put in some uh, pepper esque moments as well. Oh goodness, that same track. Yeah, same track. Oh, there's all there's the, I there's mean any there's there's quote there's there are quote there are quotes because yeah. that's what triggers people's subco you yeah. know, when I was doing dance records with my, with my nephew and he'd play we'd be listening to basement jacks records and said, mm. I want that bell sound. Mm. You know, bring I said, why do you want that bloody bell sound? You've got a million bell samples. He says, I want that bell yeah. sound because people have already heard it on a hit record and if they hear something going bring again they think it's a hit record it's a bit like the dogs salivating when they yeah. you know when they mm -hmm. hear the bell yeah. if you put d direct quotes in now and again it actually you can't help but have the you know the uh, subconscious Pavlovian connection of, or yeah, even conscious yeah, yeah. It is yeah. Pavlovian response that's the one yeah Yep. So we put in a little bit of. Uh, There's a lot of Pavlovian da, 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 stimuli da, 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 in there. Da, 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 yeah. And it fell into the. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's very and much there. Yeah, we yeah. even had the uh, the galloping. Well, you've got the. Oh, the. Uh, the, the, the Yeah, the good morning, good morning. The good morning, morning stuff. Yeah. yeah. Were you but, eating cornflakes at that particular session? Um, or, um, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> good morning, good morning. The best to you each morning. Sunshine breakfast. Kellogg's cornflakes crisp and full of sun. Maureen loves Kellogg's. <laughs> yeah, got... we wanted to go for full <laughs> realism, you know. Good morning, good morning, And a very clever bit where he's talking about I used we used to be in a band remembering the old days when we got we used to get paid, we used to play eight days a week. <laughs> It's all so, in there, folks. Yeah. So, it, it, there's um, a real sense of 
fun and adulation for the past, but you know, the, the, the songs are really well constructed, irrespective of of what may have inspired them. Yeah. yeah. The songs are great. I found yeah. myself you know, singing them while you right. know, making the tea the next yeah. day. Fantastic. That's and and really to me, that's more thought. important. Yeah. That's more important than, oh goodness, they used a sound which evokes, you know, the Beach Boys or it yeah, evokes hopefully, a, yeah. a you know, yeah. track from you know, Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah, theremin's and, good vibrations. You can't yeah, get away. From, you can't get away from that. <laughs> you know, but it, but it? Uh, it's a great instrument. Yeah, yeah. it's, a it's instrument. really expressive. It is. It's amazing the effects it can. It's funny too because it's like, like for me, apart from good vibrations, it's always had that kind of Bella Lugosi sort of associate. You know, and you think twi- really? Twilight like, Zone, isn't it? Zone. Yeah. But as you're saying, you know, it's sci-fi. It, you, yeah, but this this is played quite it played quite soulfully. Yeah. Mm. yeah, in with the backing vocals, it's like another backing voice, really. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, feeling stronger. Tuesday. Necessarily think of using it normally, but it, it seemed to fit really well. You Did know. you just have one to hand? Just have one lying around. Yeah, you as know, you do, you do. As one yeah, does. You know. I'll dig out the theremin. Couple of old irons, trouser press, says your theremin. Yeah, let's put that in, you know. Yeah. yeah I understand the Corby trouser press featured oh, quite heavily God, yeah. Yeah, in this that. particular. Well, there's a lot yeah. of compression. Yeah, you used it as, as the main yeah. compressor. Well, we had a lot to iron out, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, sound wise, you didn't want the trousers to be flapping too much. You no, needed no. to control the low end and the kick drums. Exactly. Trouser it to me, as the Bonzo <laughs> said. And we did. We did. We trousered it. And um, we're back to the gusset again. You realise that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, just can't keep away it's from great. It. It's great. You know, normally you can't get a word out of him. <laughs> normally he's just huh? like sits there. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, no, whoa, it's, whoa. you've really yeah. brought you've really brought out that, that <laughs> yeah. side of the character. You're I right. Don't know. I don't know. So Norm- you are having yes, an you're epiphany. Right, Norm- the man can yes, chess. you're right. <laughs> and from a recording timeline point of view, I mean, Bruce yeah. was telling me off pod that it took a day. Yeah, well, yeah, not to day. not to do my bit did right, my, so bit, yeah. my, my bit contribution took two days, but yeah. I'd been at the, you know, the construct construct. See, when I was used to do session thing. session work in the past, uh, and I learned this this is the best way to do it, is to put the bass on last, not yes. simply to put the bass on yeah. on the backing track last right. or do that. 
the last thing when the record's been arranged, edited, mm. mixed and everything. So you're basically playing karaoke to the finished record mm. because that's the way you bind it all together and make it sit. Mm. And there's no point in putting bass on before that because you'll take it off. I did an album with an American band. They had, they did, some of the tracks didn't even have drums on. They had piano and they wanted bass on. I said, you won't use it mm. because as soon as you get everything else on, the bass doesn't sound right. The bass must go on last because it's the, the glue and the, the, that binds everything together. You Boy, play the bass to the record. We find that out? Wow. Yeah, yeah, but mm. I knew that mm. anyway, which is why I kept saying to him, they're not bass ready. Yeah. So when I went there, I'd had all the tracks for three or four weeks and I worked out pretty much what I wanted to do. So I'd been playing to the record. By the time I went there, yeah. I knew what the record... He didn't know what the record sounded like, but I did. Oh, okay. I knew before he did, because he, he'd just got his guide bass on or a synth yeah, bass or something, just, just blocking the part out. Yeah. And then, I, and then I'd um, come up with something a bit more eccentric or whatever. And a, and a lot of gaps as well, which and I had uh, Yeah, I'd play space more. Space. Yeah. Space. Yeah. And, space um, thing. It's what you don't play. So, um, so in actual fact, I went in and recorded the bass parts in exactly the same order as they are on the album. That's so right. what shall we start with? It's track one. Yeah. What shall we do next? Track two. He said, whoa, but that's the best song on the album. That's the real showstopper kind of thing. Yeah, so, well, right. it's track two. Track two. Do, do that. It. Yeah. And to be honest, that's probably the most ambitious, one of the most ambitious bass parts. Fantastic. And it was first, Agreed. was first take, yeah. first yeah. take, that's it. Boom. One take. Yeah. Kept. So what Bruce had said so to there's me was the, that he, you know, there's little. I see you could do it again, but it'd only be variations on the theme. Yeah. Mm. Had a feel, you know? didn't it? So just, that's it. And, and you so we, your best. And uh, I, I can't even think that we did more than. Some tracks were done with even you know fewer than one. Fewer take. than one take, yes, yeah. yeah. Didn't they even were, turn up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were the 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 most. There was a couple of patches or something. But it equaled you know. your hmm. best uh, seven tracks in one day. Didn't we it? did seven. Well, this year's seven model, I did seven in one day. Your record for seven tracks in one day. What album would that have been? This year's model. This year's model, you, yeah. you felt the vibe. All, all, the, all the iconic Chelsea pump it up, blah, blah, you, you know, lipstick Vogue all knocked out in a day. Incredible. Which is, yeah, that I is know. Yeah, I've lived off that day for years. <laughs> but um, but well, Until uh, recently when you bettered it. Until well, I did, yeah, but we yeah. did, yeah, we did. Uh, but I was quite, you know, because I, I knew what I was doing and yeah. he didn't know what I was going to do, especially like leaving gaps and changing, yeah. changing things around, changing melodies and you know, and, it was and a real eye so I, so I, I, made, I came it? in and did that one, and I, and I thought, I, all in one go, and I thought, and he's sitting there, sort of a little wow. bit, sort of, yeah. Whoa, yeah. and I thought, that's got you. Had <laughs> <laughs> to, I was yeah. amazed actually because I've got you. There. I knew, that, I knew yeah. that Bruce had been working up parts of the songs. I knew that. That's that's one thing, but the approach that he took was so different and kind of out of left field to me on a lot of things as well mm. where you might hear it the first time and think well I don't know really is that gonna work and the more you listen the more you get the then standing back from it and hearing the whole finished thing you think 
Do you know what? That is amazing. That has made... Uh, the big thing was actually was mastering later on during the mastery, well, the mixing and mastering process that kind of went hand in hand, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, we did that over a, a weekend as well, basically a long weekend, didn't we, really? Yeah, yeah, Friday yeah. Friday through yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I did, all, we, I did all the bass at your, yeah. your house we, in the weekend and then... It, Spencer came over to me for a weekend yeah. to we did and we mixed it. We mixed but it we were, it was studios. mixed progressively, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. As it we was were mixed going progressively, along. and then it mixed, and we go mixed, and he said it's not a master yet, and then we mix it a bit more, and we'd yeah. we'd mix it a bit more. So it's just it's layered and layer, layers and layers of refinement That's until right. we go. Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. We need to. The bass isn't right. It, mainly, the key to it all was getting the the bass sound right. Yeah, and the bass level, right? Yes, that was the other thing. But if That's it's too thing. loud, the songs doesn't work. Mm. If it's, it's too quiet, it doesn't work. It's thing. just got to glue, yeah. glue. Yeah. But if it's too, if you push the bass too loud because you want to show off or whatever, mm. or you pull it too quiet because you think it's you know it's mm. just got to be a sweet. There's a, sweet, a sweet spot. spot That's what we found the, for the, the tone and for the yeah. and for the volume level, and yeah. that makes more difference to a record i know i'm trying to talk my part up but i learned this from mitchell Froome and Mm. and you know and other serious producers that if if you've got to get that sweet spot and the right level and tone on the bass Mm. otherwise you don't have a record yeah Yeah. i agree i agree and the bass tone on this album is absolutely phenomenal and also i need to fortify something that you said uh, recently bruce in i believe it's no treble Mm. you replied to one of the questions along the lines of, well, you know, this is a means for me to show that, you know, I can still play for people out there who, yeah. who care. Yeah. And I'm going to swear now. Yeah. Fuck that reply. <gasps> yeah. I'm really sorry. Sorry, you yeah. guys okay? Well, I it's swore... my smelling sorts. Yes, yeah. I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. We've been well, pleasant to the vapours. We, we had a 15 rating <laughs> earlier. We had a <laughs> 15 it. or a PG rating, if you're from the Americas, yeah. um, earlier. <clears throat> I, I really feel you're at the top of your game in terms of bass playing. I, I really, really do. It's everything that you love about Bruce yeah. Thomas, it's like a only more so. Isn't it? Yeah, really, exactly. Really. Yeah. And mm. so it's not just an issue of showing the world that, yeah, I can do it. Mm. You can really fucking do it. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Well, well done. Yeah. You're right. Well, you need to stick at this, yeah? Yeah, I'll get, yeah, it's showing promise, isn't right, it? Yeah, yes, it as is, you said, yeah, yeah you I will. I'll it, give actually. a go. I'll give it a, a serious <laughs> go. Yeah, and um, I feel duty bound. And here is the gear geekery portion of the program. If you're not keen on gear chat, fast forward four and a half minutes, right. and we will resume the conversation. All right, yeah. right. So gear geekery. Um, yeah. During your first. A visit to the Dukey Radio Show studios, mm. and this is the third visit here. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. Uh, so you are part of the Dukey yeah. Radio Show family. Yeah, just... You had talked about the profile base, your signature yeah, model yeah, base, yeah. of which I have a uh, version yeah. of my own to my yeah. right, yeah. and a fantastic instrument yeah. it is. Did that feature at all on this new album? <laughs> Actually, I used an old Dan Electro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I think we were even talking during yeah. the first yeah. time that you were on the Dookie Radio Show that the, the Dan yeah. Electro, there's just something beautiful about yeah. it. And you discovered about the glories of that bass in Nashville. Yeah, well, I've used them, I've used them since 1990. Mm. Even the last couple of Elvis records were done on one. And uh, every time I did a session in America and I turned up with this, that and the other, they just give me a Dan Electro to play. Right. So... And I noticed the other day, 
forget what I was some session I was looking at some recording session and I thought oh there you go the guy's playing a <laughs> Dan Electro you know 100 quid guitar but great a 100 pound guitar and it's still but, the same, um, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the yeah. actual sound quality yeah. is amazing. But, but, but and the, short scale, isn't it? Not yeah. the one I've got, oh, long no. scale ones. Yeah. Oh, do you use a long yeah. scale one for the session? Yeah, well, yeah. Listen, I'm not going to drop the facile word again. No. We've mentioned this in the last two yeah. interviews, but so you, you went full scale. Hey. I, um, is that the rumour base, the Dan Electro that's the, rumor? Yeah, that, that, that's the one. There's one called the Hodad, which is... Um, the Hodad, which is Hodad. like a similar kind of... Um, body shape like the Mosrite with the longer cutaway at the bottom right the longer horn at the bottom and um and uh it's got three of those lipstick tube pickups on three. it yeah three pickups. And, and something like ultra trans vista sonic you know <laughs> tune tune yeah. it's got this uh yeah. so that's a full 34 inch scale it's a full scale yeah and what i what i've done looks with, like a Mosrite. Yeah, yeah yeah and i've um and i've Put um, fender bridges on all the Dan Electros, yeah. so I've got the same. I'm just going to ask, get a tuning string spacing. Yeah. So, so you have intonation for the nation. It's well, so I've got the same width between the strings, oh, which yeah. change. You know, if the strings are too close together, changes your timing a bit. Mm. And um, so, yeah. But as we were talking about earlier, as we found out, you know, you were saying Spencer was saying, how do you get the different, you know, how did you get all those different sounds? Mm. Like, because every track's got a different bass. The soul track's got a soul bass sound. The pop track sounds like McCartney. The, mm. the, 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 you know, the beat group track sounds like an old boomy, and it's not even changing the sound of the guitar. The guitar was left on the same sound. It was plugged into the into the computer. Nothing was changed EQ wise or anything. It's all done in, all done in the fingers. Let's see those fingers. All done in the fingers. Let's see those fingers. It all depends on how you hit the strings. Like I said, how hard, how near the bridge, how you release them, how you yeah. yeah, It's all done with micro timing and all kinds of things like that. It's total field thing. If you think if you think the sound that you want, and you start moving your fingers in the way that gets that sound if you yeah. see what i mean if you get the if you get the sound in your if you've got the sound in your head and you know what the possibilities are you just move your fingers in a way that will mm. coax that sound out of the instrument i was going to say that I, what he doesn't know is that at one point where he was doing something and i sort of said i'm going to wander off and make a cup of tea because you were just having to run through something went out into the kitchen and my missus was there and I was like, he's doing it, he's doing it, you should see this, you should see it. it's incredible. <laughs> and then I sort of went, <clears throat> gathered myself, went back in, oh, mm-hmm. all right, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how are we getting on? Uh, yeah, is everything it? all right here. Yeah, okay? yeah, I missed yes. that bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I didn't know about that. But uh, <laughs> but that's, you know, the, the, there's a, the, the gear question really it was probably more a gigging thing. You know, because mm. most of the records I've done have been just di into the, into the board. Mm. Did they never use in the older records? I've never asked you this. Did they ever use the straight into the board and micing uh, the amp? on the on the first batch of the the first incarnation of the band? Okay, yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. use amp and di. Yeah, yeah. And then post whatever it was. Nine, punch the clock or whatever yeah. post 1988 oh, yeah. I just di 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 like yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the early and also most records do the bass retrospectively rather than live right mm. in fact I think I stopped doing live bass 
in about the same, you know, in 88 as well. certainly was a great way to work, though, because what we were doing in the end was we were actually um, mastering, producing the track Sons Bass completely before Bruce came onto it. Right. So we'd have absolute control over the bass sound. It was almost treated like two tracks, if you like. Mm. We'd have the, the whole track on one channel, kind of. I have, yeah, I the mean... the bass treated totally differently. And, and it once the whole thing was pushed together... You could see what a difference it would make. Uh, by having said like that. that, we did a lot of, um, process, well, quite a lot of processing on the bass at the mixing stage yeah. with yeah. Um, multi-band compression. Yeah. So which is so I like, thought you were, it was the Corby trouser yeah, so press. Yeah, we back onto the tra- it was a tra- we tried yeah. it with a trouser press, but yeah. we couldn't quite get it right. Uh, fair enough. We kept no, the, yeah. the gusset kept it was getting overheated. The gusset tree. So you had an epiphany that that was so working. So we had an epiphany about that. Yeah. And next we, thing you know, you're using multi-band mul- compression. Multi-band compression is what sorts out the bass sound, and then and then we get it nearer, and then he'd send me stuff, send me stuff back. They say it's not right yet, yeah. and he'd go, "Oh, blah, 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 and I'd keep go, tweaking. No, it's not yeah. right. Keep going. Yeah. And they go, "It's not right. It's too yeah, no. Yeah, keep no. and then, but we 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 Don't would walk around the block we would get think, there oh, in the, the head, we got there know? in the end. But go back the, and have a listen. Oh, most yeah, of the yeah. mixing was. Getting the bass sound right, yeah, wasn't it? It was, mm. it was. Nearly, because nearly once was. you once we got the rev- you know the levels and the and the, the other big thing was getting just getting global reverb as they call the it is the other glue. thing that binds yeah. everything together. You put reverb on in- individual instruments, it's great, but they still sound like yeah. they're in their own space. Once you put the I remember from doing records with people in the past. I said, "Shouldn't this have reverb on everything?" You know, yeah, once yeah. we did that, we were away. And well, then the I irony thought, is that I, I uh, thought, well, we thought that we'd come up with something in a way because I was saying to yeah, Bruce we thought that, you we know, discovered it, didn't yeah, we? Until yeah. we found that everyone said, oh, does look, it. Look at this! You know what a difference. <laughs> so you, you um, after everything has been you know, mixed and lit and the mm. levels are roughly there, yeah. you then put a, a bit of. Reverb, reverb on, yeah. on everything. Just a splash across the whole track. Could it made it all sound. Yeah. It binds it together. Yeah. yeah, and lo and behold, I did a bit so of googling like about the whole it. Whole band's in the same room. Yeah, basically. that's the that's the thing. That's it sounds live thing. and it sounds like a proper band playing. So, and then I find out from googling that it's, it's a well known standard basically. procedure, and well, I, I wasn't aware of it. But yeah, yeah. and it, it really well. Made I re- I remembered that it was something that you're supposed to do. Yeah, right down but, the line. Yeah, 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 but. We were yeah. making these sort of discoveries, you know, for a new, if you like, but new to me anyway. Well, and well, even that thing with going, the way we we treated the bass, and I've got onto my nephew who does dance records, and mm. he says, "Oh yeah, I do that. I always put, I always come do the compression at least four <laughs> times, and everything. oh good, yeah, you know." Okay, so, all right, all but right. it's good. It's <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that was. It's like I say, you know, you, you're making discoveries, but they're discoveries for you. It doesn't mean that. They're yeah, not out there we'll already, get a, we'll get a boat out at yeah. Southend one day. And go, hey, look at this an island here. Yeah. What's a, it's a, and this thing called floats. Saint Lucia. <laughs> Saint Lucia. Wonder, Land ahoy! Land ahoy! Yeah. Yeah. Dear me. And um, the um, in terms of your role, Spencer, and what you were bringing to the party beforehand, mm. uh, you're a, a multi-instrumentalist. Oh, I thought you were going to say I, multi-millionaire. Oh, I, was, I, was I, gonna, I oh, did, yeah. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say multi-personality. So much for the no charge There was going to be a major shift in the dynamic of our relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, suddenly, yeah. You're well, let's see, so let's see how our yeah. bet turns out. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, good point. Hello, it's your semi-friendly factoid checker here. 
I sincerely hope you're enjoying Dukey's banter with Spencer and Bruce. You may have noticed that Dukey just referenced a bet. That bet refers to a horse named Drumcliff. Bruce, Dukey and Spencer put money on this horse. And at the two o'clock race, it came in second. The threesome lost money, but they had a jolly good time and bonded over it. Well, that is indeed your lot. For part one, that is. In part two, we will explore more epiphanies and gussetry, including an answer to the cliffhanger which will involve, dare I say, an exploration of Spencer Brand's role within the whole Back to Start album, project, enterprise and labour of love. Bruce and Spencer are great company. We chatted for around two hours before pressing record via a visit to the local betting shop and continued with our banter at the local tavern after we'd finished this very podcast. I haven't laughed as much as I did in their company in ages. You've been listening to part one of our interview with Bruce Thomas and Spencer Brown. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. Until next time, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Thanks for listening and enjoy part two which will be available for download on Monday, the 4th of December. Or, if you're listening to this in the future, I hope the world is doing fine. Enjoy part two. Now it's time for me to go and pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. On Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find It will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. Dukey Radio Show.